Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farrar, your host. As always, uh, this episode features comedian Lauren Vino. No voice of reason. We don't need it. Uh, so enjoy. It's a fun episode. You'll love it. Uh, check out my upcoming dates. Um, I will be in Chicago at the Comedy Bar this weekend, featuring for my friend Ken Gar. Next week, I'll be in Florida at Snappers. Uh, in Wesley Chapel on Friday, Saturday, and Spitfire in St. Petersburg on Sunday the 7th, I believe. Paul F. Comedy for other dates uh, in the coming weeks. I know I am at Zany's headlining Tuesday, November 16th. I think I can announce that now, so please check that out as well. If you want to buy a shirt, Better Call Paul shirts are available on my website, or if you buy them at my shows, 50% of the proceeds this month goes to Suicide Awareness. So, um which is the uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention.org. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Give us a review. And check out our sponsors. I want to tell you about a podcast called Behind the Bits Podcast with Scott Curtis, my friend. I've done the podcast. It's every week. Scott Curtis talks serious with comedians and folks in the comedy business about the craft. You'll learn about why they got on stage for the first time, about their writing process, as well as how to get booked and unique self-promotion tricks that worked and those that didn't. He talks about these subjects and many more every episode. Uh, Behind the Bits won the Discover Pods Award for Best Interview Style Podcast in 2020 and been heard in 28 countries. So check it out. Um, He's talked to legends who paved the way, new sensations, and everyone in between. That everyone in between, that's me. Um, check it out. Check out my episode, uh, Behind the Bits podcast. Uh, whether you're a new comedian, working comedian, or a comedian nerd, you'll find something valuable for Behind the Bits. It's all on all the apps, thebtbpc.com as well. Check it out. Scott Curtis, Behind the Bits Podcast. You're welcome. It's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar, your host. As you know, we don't have a voice reason on this episode, but we have a very hilarious comedian living in Chicago now, I think. We'll get into that. Uh, comedian Lauren Vino. Hi. It's good to be here. Did I say it right? Yes, you, you did. Okay, great. Um, so we have a, uh, I recently learned this. I told you this already. We've talked about it probably before, but your brother and I work together in the music industry. Yeah. Fun, yeah. Fun, uh, my brother's been here for years. So there's like a bunch of random comedy connections. Yeah. But yeah. His, uh, his bands are awesome. And I know that he works with our music side of my music company. And, uh, I, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever met him, but I know I've talked to him a lot because when I was looking for your email, I saw his emails pop up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's the, he's the charming one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're, are you living in Chicago now temporarily or permanently uh, or we don't Permanently. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Um, first back. it was temporary and then I kind of evolved to permanent. But okay. yeah. And you were in New York before that? I was. Okay. Um, and you're still single. I am. How's that possible? Um, well, I think a lot of the classic comedian reasons, um, of just like liking things that aren't available or a good idea and being like kind of always drawn to those things and things that you like 
kind of the human version of a room you want to figure out kind of thing. Sure. And then um, also dating comics, which I know you have your opinions Yeah, on. you did that, huh? Um, yeah, I've done it on and off for a long time. Um, yeah. And what have you learned? Uh, and would you do it again? Well, um, mm-hmm. I was kind of on... I had a long hiatus. So in New York, I was actually engaged to a comedian. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I figured I'd spring it on yet. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, was, I dated another comedian in New York for about four years. Um, and we lived together uh, for about two of those and were engaged for about one of them. Okay. Um, you met through comedy? Yes. Okay. I am our friends for about a year in like comedy before okay. we dated. Um, and uh, and how did why did that end? Oh, I mean, there are a lot of reasons. Um, I think it should have one of those uh, should have ended probably a year or two before it actually did. But we were in like our mid late twenties, and um, I it was you lived together too. We did with oh, uh, oh, wow. never just the two of us. We had another bedroom that we rented out to another comic. So okay. there's like a lot of looking back on it, some sort like a lot of like. Um, immature things where you're like, I don't know if those people should, like, if that's like, you know, the right timing to get married. So we had never like lived just the two of us. How long were you dating before you got engaged to him? About two years, I would say. And yeah, it was talked about and stuff like that. Were you, you met through comedy. Were you guys uh, peers or or like, was he at a higher level in comedy, lower level? Pretty much equals. I had started slightly before him. Okay. Um, And we definitely had different strengths, but we were very Doing the same shows together and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Okay. And then uh, when it ended, how are you guys on good terms now or, Um, or were you ever? Or will you ever be? We weren't. And then we were for a couple of years. We shared a dog. Um, and then it, I wouldn't say it was like a full falling out over like how the dog was taken care of. But like I. He wanted it to be a vegan dog. Uh, he, that's funny. He was vegan. Okay. Um, he did turn vegan after we broke up. But that's a side note. Okay. Um, but no, um, him and his um, girlfriend, um, I believe now they're engaged. Um, we had a really good kind of like modern back and forth thing for a while but the dog got because of the dog yeah mm-hmm. okay. you have and to share a dog it's almost like a child yeah yeah in retrospect it's like a little much you know but it it, it it was fine we had to see each other because of shows anyway so it's like if we have to be cool professionally mm-hmm. like i'm gonna want to see my dog and because i ended the relationship i moved out and it it didn't make sense to drag the dog around couch surfing surfing with me it just didn't seem like a a hill to die on so um so yeah once we sort of had like the dust settled and we were a little bit more civil um it it was more informal there wasn't like a custodial arrangement it was more because of the dog if you didn't have a dog with uh this person you would probably move on and never have to deal with him again yeah i don't think we would have been friends (laughs) and it was funny because it's like because we were both comedians um like more people would come move into New York and like get to know both of us independently and like hear that we were engaged once and be like, wait, what? Like mm-hmm. I could. So there was definitely like a, after a couple of years, it was like, oh my God, like it didn't make sense that we were together. Was he same yeah. age as you approximately? Uh, you're younger. Okay. So, mm-hmm. okay. So there's so many problems with this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> do you, you think that, um, would you do it again? Would you date a comedian again based on what you experienced there? I would, well, not based on what I experienced there. It's just, 
honestly, like before I started dating this person, I had one of those, I'm never going to mess with comedians again. Cause I had just like right. had enough, like just messy hookup things. And, um, and I feel like that almost jinxed it. Like the second I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. I almost marry a comedian. Oh, like not, you know after I mean? that? Um, no, I mean like oh, the, the, right. I get with the dude you that, said like, that I before almost that. married. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So it's like partially it's, why I would never like make any hard or fast rules about anything. And then part of it is like, I don't think the bad parts of a relationship were necessarily because of comedy. I think those were actually kind of the good parts of our relationship in the sense of like, you're obvious the schedule is lining up, right. but, um, and like those logistical things. But I think at least for me, and this is, probably one of because this is my longest like most formative relationship experience but um the idea of connecting with someone on that like comedic level and riffing and like writing together is like a very for me and like an important aspect of intimacy yeah it's it's definitely an intimate thing and and it's funny because uh because i have such a strong stance on this podcast about dating it's funny because I put myself in situations where i have these intimate relationships with other comedians and then i'm like and then you start thinking, maybe this would be okay. And you start to rationalize. You're like, well, you know, it's in Vegas. So we're not in the same city. It could work or whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, no. Once you once you hit the point where you walk, when you're away from the person, you're like, yeah, this is why it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see how you are around that person too. But I do get that there is... Um, in addition to the convenience, there is that commonality where we have so much in common with other comedians. When you get to a certain level, you can't even communicate with normal people. Like, yeah. I was out uh, on the road with normal people uh, that are my friends, and I'm just like, this is uncomfortable. I just want to go back and talk to the comedians about the show. And when like I date normal dudes, and they do something even like mildly funny, and like I feel like this impulse to give them like way more credit than they deserve for it, and I'm just like, oh, is this what it's like to be like a dude? Like. <laughs> like it's just like it just feels like a drag even though i i know that a dynamic probably exists with people who don't do comedy it's just like when you think of like searching for that through like a bunch of dudes on the apps versus like a bunch of people you're shooting Mm -hmm. the shit with all the time it's easy to get those wires crossed you know but that's also like everyone has that same experience in a work setting uh Mm -hmm. outside of what we do we just have a different work setting where we don't have an hr department Mm -hmm. well and my day job i well like i connect with writers in a similar way where i can kind of get those intimacy like sort of lines crossed pretty easily but thankfully most of the people I work with are in serious relationships or married. So there's really never been a ton of opportunity for that to get that muddied. Right. Um, In comedy, not so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you, do you want to have a traditional, like get married, have kids type of thing? Or it's not even on your radar right now. I go back and forth because the dude I wanted, or the dude I almost married definitely like wanted that. And I felt like a, a lot of I felt like I wanted that too at a point and then when things got bad I felt like a lot of pressure so it took like a while to figure out of like what do you mean you felt pressure um like this person really wanted to have kids and like made it honest like uncomfortably clear that that's like why we were gonna get married okay and um and was like kind of was he from a small town or something no, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I think he, uh, well, and this is relevant to the breakup too. He had some health problems and I think there was some like weird mortality shit going on oh. and we weren't, I wasn't in a mature enough place to even like be able to sort of like pick at the psychology of that. And I don't think he was. Um, so I think in retrospect, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with that. Okay. And I think this person does want kids. And I think I, I want some version of those traditional things sometimes, but I have more of a like, I'll be okay either way attitude right. with about like it. Like I feel like I have a little bit more of like flexible expectations about that. Plus the biological thing for women, it's just a drag. Like yeah. if I want kids in my forties and have to adopt them, I'll figure it out then kind right. of thing. It's not, it's not important enough for you where you're, you feel like this, uh, stressor that you have to be in a relationship that goes somewhere uh, mm -hmm. where you can get married and have kids within a certain period of years. Yes. And I definitely don't think I want kids badly enough to do it solo. Um, I would definitely want to like, and again, you know, hindsight's 2020 mm -hmm. accidents happen, whatever. But if planning and hypothetically speaking, I would want to do it with another person right. who I was in a relationship with. What, what about take the kids out of the equation what about just being in a monogamous marriage traditional marriage whether you have kids or not that's what you want yeah I think that is something I want um because I think I had to call off a wedding and had to deal with the sort of pressures of that I'm like pro-marriage but kind of anti-wedding like okay. um I just think that the, like th that puts like a lot of pressure on a relationship um that um if things start to go south between when you get engaged and when you get married, there's like so many other things to worry about that have nothing to do with the rest of your life together right. that I just think it's kind of a gross part of our culture. How close to the marriage did you call it, the wedding, did you call it off? Two months. It wasn't great. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it. So you had, there was a date set, you had a mm -hmm. place, everything, and then you canceled it to, inv invitations were already out? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Say, well, save the dates, but yes. Um, you know. Um, what, and you said you called it off. Was it something specific that happened without, you know, being sensitive to that issue? No, or I mean, was it just like you walked away, you're like, fuck this? It was five years ago, so I feel okay um, about it. And um, so uh, I mentioned he was sick for like, um, he uh, had some stomach things that like we thought were ulcers, but like, um, I don't know. And, um, but they weren't and sure. um, wound up in the hospital like uh, after like throwing up blood on his way to work. Oh, um, okay. And this was after we got engaged. Um, and was in the hospital and like the ICU for like a good week. And sort of after he came out, it was like one of those things of like a uh, very intense couple weeks of like, you know, being so happy this person's like alive and yeah. like being so like, um, like if thankful if you, and yeah, blessed. Like, yeah. like if you weren't too weak to go to the courthouse, we go get married right now kind of wow, shit. Okay. Um, and then, um, yeah. And after that kind of wore off, all of our problems that we had had before that as uh, things do, like when the, just kind of escalated um, uh, a lot and um, more specifically like a lot of codependency, a lot of like um, 
I'm on both sides, but like um, definitely with him being the sick person, uh, definitely on my side of just mm-hmm. like, you know, handling all this person's like medical stuff and also being in a community of comedians where like he didn't want people to know he was sick and I'm going through this in private, so I can't really like talk right. to anyone and about it. And more stress to it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a miserable, miserable time for me. Um, and so I, I think, I, I, I don't think I either one of us was in an old, like a mature enough place to handle something of that degree of difficulty, even if we were in a good place, like relationship wise. And I think our relationship had a ton of problems before that, that were easy to sort of like sweep under the rug. Um, and then, um, I, and then the other thing was I had been working from home for a, a year or two before that and doing a lot of home, like domestic stuff. A lot of like, I was always doing laundry and like the meals and very like housewifey. And after he got sick and like a little bit better and those things settled, I got a full-time job outside of the house and couldn't do that stuff anymore. And he expected it or he was used to it. The transition didn't function yeah it didn't work and it was always put on me of like not being able to handle everything and always like my fault and like that kind of thing and then the other thing too was I uh took a year off stand-up to start writing full-time and that was probably the best our relationship ever ever was because we weren't really like competing but we had like symbiotic things and then when I came back to it that got weird pretty quickly that's why. So there are a lot of. Yeah. See, it goes back to that. Yeah. Even if there's not a competition, there's still that, that not rivalry, but it's all, yeah, it is like a rivalry. Like, and that's why maybe like stand up comedians should date comedian writers or, you know, adjacent comedy, adjacent mm-hmm. careers, but two standups just, it's just such a fucking shit show, I think. And maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But for a, a female comic, it's even worse because dating normals mm-hmm. is even harder because guys have an ego that and and it works both ways but especially with guys i think people always want to be the funniest person and yeah. a guy can't handle uh, a female comic i think <laughs> is that something you you're laughing so i feel like that's happened uh yeah dur- i mean it happened it's, it's almost why if i had to say it and i hate to say this on record but i almost have a preference towards comedians mm-hmm. um but uh i went through especially after calling off a wedding with a comedian i went Two through before, a yeah. long time of just no like nothing no comedians even if i wanted to they wouldn't touch me after like something like that and um and I mean, there was exceptions. Like I would hook up with people here and there, like e- maybe like a year or so after, but nothing in any serious capacity. And the dudes I kind of got into the pattern of dating where it was a lot what you're describing. It was a lot of advertising guys who like at first like thought I was funny and like right. quirky and like liked a lot of the same like, you know, things that they liked humor wise. And then a few months in, they would realize that I didn't think they were that funny mm-hmm. and that wouldn't. It would, it would just, yeah, um, that would get weird quickly, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, I, I, even just dating uh, for me, like, I just feel like people on the online or whatever, they try to be funny and then you're like, listen, I'm just trying to talk to you. I don't give a fuck if you're funny, like right now, unless you're like, we don't have the same sensibilities comedy. That's a different issue. But like for women, I think it's even harder. Um, do you have that, um, well, let me ask you this. After that, have you had another, what's the longest relationship you've had uh, since the breakup? 
Uh, nothing straight through. I've had a couple on and off for like dragged out for a long time, like a year or two. Oh, okay. I have one of, I, um, I had a s- accidentally serious relationship, like rebound thing. What does that mean? Like the dude I dated like right after, um, was like probably my best like on paper boyfriend in the sense of like he was non-comedian non-comedian finance guy own apartment treated me very well did the whole like i i got to have the fancy new york like single lady like dating experience in the sense of like feeling like wine and dine and stuff like that um and wanted to get serious very quickly and i just did or you did he did okay um and i I think there were like a lot of things. I definitely wasn't ready for that. But um, so, yeah, like that was like maybe like six months. Um, but there was like wanting to meet parents and like I love you oh, yeah. and like that. And it was just like way too much too quickly. Right. How um, long after the breakup was that? Did that start mm-hmm. after you broke off the uh, engagement? Um, I would say I broke up the engagement. Hey, gang. If you know me, you know, I'm a caffeine junkie. I have pop soda. Diet Coke, energy drinks with every meal. Had it since I was a kid. Can't drink plain water. Just not a fan. Um, I'd rather give up a side dish like fries at a meal than give up my pop because I need my energy. I need my caffeine. Focus sparkling water is sparkling water with a spark. Focus is a delicious, health-conscious, thoughtfully caffeinated sparkling water. Yes, caffeinated water infused with a boost of natural tea caffeine and the balance of L-theanine, you'll get the clean energy you want without the sugar, calories, or crash. It has 75 milligrams of caffeine, zero calories, zero sugar, zero sweeteners, and it's non-GMO. So ditch your sugary sodas or energy drinks that are overloaded with sugar and ingredients that you don't know what they are or how to even pronounce. Focus. Sparkling water, national caffeine derived from tea, gives you the same boost as an eight-ounce cup of coffee in a refreshing, thirst-quenching form. Your body needs water doesn't mean that it has to be boring. Um, So check it out. They've got a wide range of flavors, including blood orange, mixed berry, cherry cola, crisp apple, root beer, grapefruit, yuzu and lime, cucumber, and my favorite, peach. You can find it online at drinkfocus.com. That's focus with a P-H-O-C-U-S.com. Located in 4,000 grocery stores, including Publix, Kroger's, and Giant Martins. Also available at Meyer, and they will soon be in the Marianos in Chicago as soon as January, I believe. So check it out. Drink Focus. You're welcome. Early spring, and that probably started midsummer, so not enough time oh, at wow. all. No, yeah, that's like no, right away. it was like sure. definitely like me finding like uh, dealing with the breakup very hard, and also dealing with the guilt of being the one to end it very mm-hmm. hard, and just like not being able to be alone. And sure. Then, and then, kind of once I realized I was doing that to like a human being, I like was like, this is. You, you know what I mean? I'm going to feel be- like now I'm just hurting another dude. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Okay. So six months with a, a normal mm-hmm. and then, uh, then you went back to comedians, I assume, or back to either. No preference. I was kind of floating. I had like a, there was one comedian who was like, not that I would kind of hook up with on and off or whatever, but it wasn't like a serious mm-hmm. thing, but I pretty much stayed away from com- comics okay. unless 
Unless I was out of town. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that out of town, I, 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 that's what I was trying to, before, it's like I was trying to rationalize it when I'm like, well, it's out of town, comedian. Does that count? And ja- I, Jackie Cooper, another comedian, she tried oh, to rationalize her. that too. And I was like, she actually makes a good point, but then I'm glad I didn't do anything, but I was in a situation where it would have been bad. Um, anyway, now when you're dating on... Um, on the on the apps, is that what mm-hmm. you're using predominantly now, or I am, but I'm very unenthused. Like, um, you just check it before you go on stage or in the bathroom. I, it's <laughs> on my phone, but I'm I I should be more motivated, but like I'm a little like I, I'm a little stuck on someone that I was like had a summer like thing with. Okay, um, but like it's not gonna happen again and it's like more of just we're like kind of transitioning to a friendship thing but i think i'm not it's actually probably really a good time for me to to be out there dating because yeah. i'm kind of like emotionally unavailable and that's yeah. like that usually translates well for women but um <laughs> but yeah i'm just like i just got a lot of other stuff going on and it's sure. like um yeah I, like i guess i didn't mention this but like um i moved back because my mom's sick so i right, saw that on facebook um yeah, so like having a, a sick parent, I just feel like it weirds you out bringing like new people in too, which also makes it easier to date comics because like they're already in my orbit. So it's right. just like I'm kind of wigged out by new people in general right now. So it's like it's hard to explain yeah. to them what you know having a, a you know parent whatever trauma in your life, mm-hmm. and you're like oh, I got to explain all this backstory my whole backstory to somebody and it's like you have to tell them and then they don't know yeah it's it's a i know what you mean mm-hmm. and in com- a similar situation but uh yeah comics are already uh, damaged so yeah and you matter. can say whatever fucked up thing to them yeah. and they're not gonna flinch and they might even say something funny and charming back and sure. it's like it's kind of a recipe for not always connecting over the for the best or the healthiest reasons but do, do you have people approach you uh non-comedians at shows after to like people in the audience to try to hook up occasionally it's more of like a dm slide kind of thing mm. um and yeah. that i've you'll get that after this too by the way sorry oh it's cool i just i mean straight up it's never been something i've like I've never met up with someone from the DMs. Like, it's just never something like I never say never. I've heard of people doing it. It's just never been something that's materialized for me specifically. What, um, when you say you're on the, other than the apps, are there any other ways that you have met people organically, uh, outside of comedians? Yeah. My day job, um, the dude I dated like on and off for like a year or two after, the I like uh, finance guy. the finance guy. He was like a, a video editor, and he worked in like the same office building as me. And he was funny, but it not in comedy. Um, and but that's that's just as bad. You're working. Yeah, I think you don't understand the concept of don't shit where you work. Well, I think for me, it's like I don't like to prioritize romantic relationships or make time with them. So I'm just like, can we? It's just, convenient. We're yeah, already here. Can we just shove it into? Yeah, something but that's else? not I'm good. Gonna, There's I, a reason why it's exactly. frowned upon and illegal in a lot of places. So, <laughs> and why it doesn't work out? Like, why? Yeah. You know, single. can't you just do? Well, your brother's a musician. Have you dated other musicians or uh, musician friends of his? Or pe- I mean, that's they have a very similar lifestyle. For sure, I think with. M- siblings and stuff like me and my brother have always had like a weird unspoken agreement of like we're not going to hook up with each other's friends and now we're in the age of like if that were to happen it would have to be so serious so quickly um and I do think I have a like even though I'm can put this on the people I'm attracted to because they're like not super available usually I think that's also because I kind of have an unavailable streak too so it's like 
I don't think that makes it easy for my brother's friends to approach me, even if they were interested. Well, not even their friends, but just like at shows that you go support him and you see someone playing guitar or drums and you're like, oh, that guy's cool. and Totally. And I would like... That uh, would be perfect. And it's there's no violation of the uh, workplace uh, problems that you've faced in the past. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It's just that like I... Um, I yeah, I think I'm a little bit more drawn to situations like you're describing where like it just sort of happens versus like I'll like look at my phone and the apps. But like most of my relationships... With apps are pretty, I mean, you could argue healthier. They're very straightforward, but very short-lived. Right. And, you know. Yeah, there's usually like a breaking point in uh, in an app relationship, whether you're talking to the person, they say something crazy, or, or you see them and you're like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, and like I've had things that have lasted a couple months from them, but that's like... And they're lower drama, so that could be a healthier like route. And it does seem like it's a quicker path to realizing things do- don't work there as opposed to someone that is already sort of embedded in my life and I have to keep yeah. seeing and kind of like um, stay stuck on a little longer. Right. Um, so it's like there's upsides to dating people in that way. I just find it boring, um, you know? Well, what what what's the longest relationship you had? Was it the fu- the fu- the, yes. the one? Okay, the one and, with your fiance, yeah. And everything before that was like I, not very significant. So like I've really pretty much only had one big relationship and, and a how bunch long of- was that four years mm-hmm. you said okay yeah. and then the for six like tw- months yeah. for the finance dude mm-hmm. what about when you were in high school and college what were you like then um i was very avoidant um of just like i and i think this is my pattern a little bit now is like i would have a lot of guy friends that i would develop really intense crushes for and when they wouldn't be reciprocated kind of like funnel that back into just like I need to like work harder. I need to look better. Like, you know, these things yeah. that I sort of think of as like constructive and like fuel, but are actually a little, a little toxic sure. and, um, messed up. Uh, but, um, and then when dudes are actually interested, even like in high school, like guys that were actually interested in me be like very scared of, or like very anxious around or very like turned off by. Why is that? Were you the popular girl or were you a nerd? What was your situation in high school? I was funny and I was like a floater, but I think, um, and I, I'll talk about this. It's not like something I have a hard time with anymore, but, um, it might be relevant to people, but like, um, I had like an eating disorder pretty young and I think that like just isolates you like in terms of just like connecting with people because you're so worried about being around food. But I think it like sort of made me like more anxious than I probably even right. was because I was just like hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> in high school and college or high uh, school? High school. Okay. And then in college, I like that all sort of leveled out and yeah. I started to like, like learn a little bit more, but from like 15 to like 18. Um, so I think when I was having those like when m- when it would have been the age appropriate time to start to like learn how to like connect with and trust like people in these like early romantic relationships. Like it kind of started me on a delay where like I was doing those things in college. And then mm-hmm. now that I'm in my thirties, I'm kind of having a lot of like twenties relationship yeah. problems too. So sure. I feel like I, that kind of started me on a delay. But did you, when you were in high school, did you have boyfriends or relationships at all? Or were you just avoidant and just, I didn't have own? my first kiss until I was 17. And okay. that was a dude on a cruise. And it's actually a real bummer. He like, the only reason we made out was because the girl he wanted to make with like passed out. Like that's like my friend. Oh, no. I, I know. I mean, when did you lose your virginity then? And then college. Okay. And that was to a guy friend. But it was like a very much like 
right before my 19th birthday and I was like I just gotta get rid of this yeah. before another I clock another year right, you right, know right. what I mean and then he found out I was a virgin afterwards and was just like scared of me like you know <laughs> right and I was probably a little scary to be honest like not scary but like I think I left my bracelets in his room, so I'd have to like an excuse to go back oh. and like you know. It was one and classics. done with that guy. You just hooked up with him once, and then or did you guys have sex again? I, I think it was one and done, but mm. we ended up being like I think we're still Facebook friends. Nice. Like you know, um, it, he dated like a girl. I uh, ended up being friends with like later on. Like it was it was not a big deal, okay. you know. Well, what do you think? What are the things you've learned um, now? Do, it sounds like you'll still date another comedian. You're not. You're not gonna burn that bridge right now. I won't, but I'm not seeking it out. I'm not really seeking anything out okay. right now. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, never like. But I don't. I will say it's probably not a good idea. Like, I don't disagree with your assessment of things. Um, and the last like time I did it, I kind of knew it was bad. Yeah, and like kept doing it, and so it's like. It's hard when you do that because it's like you can't be that mad at anyone after it's all over. Yeah. It's like you kind of do it to yourself. And like that's sort of a, a new thing where I'm like, oh, okay. That's like I didn't experience that in my like last you needed comedian that experience, relationship. Yeah. It was a new lesson, you know? Yeah. So. What are the other – are there other deal breakers you've learned uh, other than I hope not to date another comedian? Um <laughs> What are the other things that you're like, okay, I'll never do that again? Or what are your deal breakers, period, with somebody? Like, will you, I don't know, whatever they are, whether it's physical, whether it's uh, mental or opinions, whatever. Are there things that you're like, not going to do it? Yeah, I I'm, I think for me, um, it's obviously important for someone to, like, ha- have a partner who sort of, like, gets them to sort of put their work away and, like, um, have some sort of a balance. But I think there's a fine line between that and, like, a dude, like having a problem with like you working and like that stuff. And my, um, that came up in like my relationship a lot, my like long one of just like, um, wanting me to say no to certain things, wanting me to not, um, put as much time into certain things and wanting me to not care about certain things, especially when I was in a very early part of my writing career, when I needed to say yes Yes, to everything everything and bust my ass. Um, so that's a huge one of just like sabotaging work stuff or like, actively getting away in the way of it. Um, and I'm sure that comes up a lot with like in comedy in general. Um, and then, um, but I think just someone who treats you and it it comes out in subtle ways, but I've seen it in other dudes since my last relationship is like someone who behaves in a way where they're like, unless you act a certain way, like if you act like don't act right, I'm going to treat you badly. Like, um, like that sort of like punitive stuff. What do you uh, mean? Um, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example of, of yeah, just like um, needing someone to be like a little bit more submissive or like um, they needing you to be or vice yeah, versa. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, or they gotta ex- respect your independence, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think okay. it's like that, and also having to. Like being able to like have your moments where you're like not a perfect person and like sort of have like the trust of someone that's like not gonna define you in those moments and like see like the bigger picture shit. If you if you lined up all these dudes that you uh, dated for 
whatever the last five ten years do they is there a commonality whether it's physical or whether it's i mean i guess most of them are comedians it sounds like or or 50 percent of them at least uh or is there like do you have like a they all look the same or they all is there if they're like if someone lined them all up is there one thing that ties them all together whether it's physical whether it's mental whether it's you know like i mean the the commonality do you have a type I have a type, like I like a challenge and I like it in a, in a way. And I think this also comes back to like eating disorder stuff too of like, um, I kind of take a weird, not healthy pride in um, doing things that are difficult and not necessarily good for me. Um, okay. And so, so like having a shitty, like having a boyfriend where you're just like, oh, he's just like like this, but I'm like, I can fucking deal with it kind of thing for whatever reason. Like I've all, like, you know, like that's something that like I can sort of in my messed up brain skew into like strength or toughness you want damage, or like damage people i like a pro yeah uh, maybe <laughs> i like a project but yeah no, i like um so yeah um and a challenge and like i said turning a, it's like a turning a rough room kind of thing sure um i like and wanting to be that exception but also like knowing that you that's not a thing like that's you know what i mean yeah um at some point, you have to walk away, where you can't change someone, or you can't fix the damage, or or uh, the challenge isn't worth the or whatever. De- or define yourself based on like the, the, your inability to, to change all yeah. that, and you know th- okay. those classics. Well, what are the what are your deal breakers then for guys then too? Are there like if you're like whether it's a uh, I don't know music type or or comedy? In the past, we always use comedy as a as a thing. Like if someone's like my favorite comedian is Jeff Dunham, are you like? I don't know. Oh. Or is there something where you're like, have you walked away? Whether you're on the apps where someone says something, you're like, oh, fuck this oh, shit. Yeah, I get a lot of accidental conservatives. Okay. And like those <laughs> like kind of like secret MRA types because I think that I have a vibe where like people are like, oh, she's like not going to be offended by anything. And it's oh. like, it's not that. It's just like I'm smart about picking my battles sure. and I'm not going to fight with like an, idi- an yeah. idiot, you know? Yeah, now that we have time where we're out again, uh, I find myself just just silencing people on Facebook instead of engaging in their stupidity. If they say something crazy, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I don't have time for this. I'm, I'm actually doing shows again. So yeah. it's like, okay, so these are all good things. Um, and you still, uh, I, yeah, just avoid comedians for a while. I think I that's think my I can, do, I, I, I can <laughs> do that. It's just, yeah, it, I, I can do it as long as there's like not a, a spark like in front of me. And then th- that's when it gets difficult. And currently I don't have that. So it's like fine. What about like age or are, are you like, uh, are, is there like an age limit on whether you'll date younger guys or older guys again? Cause w- it sounds like you dated a younger guy last time, right? Yes. But I do tend to be partial to older dudes, but like it just, for whatever reason, I always accidentally like date younger ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they come up. I'm trying to, but keep an open mind on that yeah. um yeah you need to date like a, a musician who's like famous or was famous okay. and then like retired uh, and now he's like 45 50 years old but he's like a millionaire that'll work and he'll take care of you like that finance guy he understands your hustle he'll be independent he doesn't give a shit because he's probably still doing shows at like shubas and shit like that yeah that's your ideal guy and i don't know who that is i don't have someone in mind but yeah i think that's 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 what you should do in my opinion i wouldn't kick him out of bed like (laughs) he'll be attractive too and he won't be conservative and uh you know he'll have he'll have uh he'll 
he's also funny because he did improv. I, I don't know. I'm just creating a backstory for a person that doesn't exist. No, but for physical type, it's like I like people that aren't attractive at first and get more attractive. I don't like a hot guy. Um, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. I think that's like what. So the, guys that are, that's just, that's not, f- physical uh, attraction isn't important to you, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, as long as you're Objectively, charming. physically, yeah. yeah. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I like a, a grower, not a shower, essentially, but like attraction wise. <laughs> okay. No other deal breakers, tattoos, uh, music type, um, you, accidental, con- I mean, you said conservative, yeah, but what about like hair, um, <laughs> this height? Is- this is a dumb one. Um, I don't. Short guys, uh, long, tall guys. Uh, no, but I think uh, twins give me the heebie-jeebies, and like I'm just saying, it's that's a ridiculous one. Because I would you're not afraid date they'll someone. switch on you, like from a fucking. <laughs> no, I just think twins are weird. I have. <laughs> I always have. So yeah. No if twins. I, if I could share a problematic one, twins are gross. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, now we're gonna have to delete this whole episode. Um, I'm sure there's other things there, but um, yeah. Fair. All right. Well, those are the ones you gave us. We're, we're out of time, Lauren. Where where can people find out more about your shows and uh, and follow you and all that good stuff? Sure. I'm on Instagram at Boxed Vino, um, like a box of wine. Um, and then Twitter on Lauren Vino. I use them both. Mm, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Well, thanks so much for doing the podcast, thanks Lauren. And thank you fun. all for uh, listening again. And uh, hopefully you uh, you don't come back here again. Because you're already I, engaged to I someone might. else that's not coming <laughs> But we'll, I want to hear what happens in the future. All right. Hey, all you guys know that I used to be a lawyer. Still am, but, you know, kind of just in the background, if you will. But my friend, Scott Shapiro, he is a full-time lawyer. You guys maybe have injured on the job, need compensation, or... You're just injured somewhere, and you don't know what to do. You're entitled to way more money than you think you are sometimes. Not always, but most of the time. And my friend, Attorney Scott Shapiro, has been helping people for over 20 years in this regard. If you've been injured, give him a call. 312-648-8800 or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. He's a full-service law firm, so... In addition to doing workers' comp cases, PI cases, he also handles all legal needs, including entertainment law. That's right. He's an entertainment lawyer. He's worked on a lot of musicians' cases, a lot of contracts, negotiations, and reviews of contracts for your needs, whether you're a comedian, musician, all that good stuff. All his consultations are free of charge initially. So don't take a chance and wait. Call him, 312-648-648. 8800 or check out his website scottshapirolegal.com call him today tell him i sent you you will not regret it people ask me about podcasts all the time what i listen to what i support and i want to tell you about a new podcast called highbrow drivel with a v uh, every week they interview a new expert with the help of a new comedian guest they've had award-winning scientists award-winning comedians and the topics are different every week from the science of psychedelics to what makes up the universe or dinosaurs Uh, fans of singles only might like the episode on the neuroscience of love the future of technology and dating or their episode with the dating coach uh, a real dating coach not me highbrow drivel with a v as in victor as in farivar can be found at highbrowdrivel.com 
or on all good podcast apps. Please check out Highbrow Drivel.